What's up, everybody? You're listening to World's Your Oyster, the podcast where we are telling the incredible stories of people out there making waves in this world. I am Paula Sanders, and I'm here with my co-host, Monica Lorenzo. What's up, everybody? And this is a very exciting week for us because we are meeting with one of our personal friends. Absolutely. It was such a nice full circle interview. Yes, yes. So we this week we'll be interviewing Candace Maxwell, who we spent time with dancing together at Madison Square Garden for the New York Knicks. Mm -hmm. And she has worked her little booty off and is now an actor. Absolutely. And she is very much so inside of Tyler Perry's world. Um, she's been in a few of his movies and she is now DJ Dime in All the Queen's Men on BET+. And we are so excited for you guys to hear just how hard it was for her to crack it in the in the entertainment world. And uh, all the sacrifices she made along the way. Correct, correct. And I don't, I'm don't. i not going to tell her story for her. No. We're going to let her tell it. So before we get to that, let's talk about the, the pearls in our oysters this week. Let's talk about the pearls in our oysters. I think I want to hear your pearl first. So this, I'm going to get a little sentimental this week. <gasps> Please do, A little darling. bit. I'm going to show my true colors. Are you? You're going to get into the feels. Feel the feels. It's not really that big of a feels. Um, you know, I don't know how many of you people that listen to our podcast have ever started a podcast, but... Um, you know, it's a really, it's a big endeavor and it's a big investment in all different types of ways, mm -hmm. but we're out there and we're pitching to incredible people to come and be on our podcast. And I know I don't talk much about what I do for a living, but I do work in sales in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I am very confident selling what I sell and I always have been. Um, you are good at it. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. I really appreciate that. Um, but, you know, to go out there and sell something that's new is always intimidating in the beginning. And I feel that the first couple of times that I had to pitch our show, it was a lot because we were still trying to find our voice and to get to our why and to really find a way to, to tell our story in the two to three minutes that you have to kind of do this. And this week I pitched to somebody that has been on my, uh, that was on my original list. And I was really excited to have this meeting with her. I was excited to even, you know, get the meeting. And I think I, I crushed the pitch. And Congratulations. I definitely wooed her and hopefully she will be on the show. So stay tuned because it's a really good one. Ooh. And um, so the pearl in my oyster is just feeling confident in a new space. And I think that it, it takes time to get there. And I know yeah. that we still both have so much more work to do, but it feels good to feel good. That's phenomenal. Yeah. We really have been working hard and I'm glad that you're really like owning the fact that you, of the progress that we've made because that's also not easy. So go us. Yeah, we'll figure out social media eventually. But. I mean, we'll figure all of the things <laughs> out. So I think you're feeling more confident than I am in this today. We flip-flop, which is why we are a team. <laughs> so my pearl has to do about you and I in a funny freaking dating moment because America, I don't know where these men are or universe, I'm unsure. So <laughs> Paula and I are sitting in Soho House and as she loves to do, she's slipping through my hinge and just tapping on people's faces to just torment me. And we are scrolling and we see a D-list version of an ex of mine is exactly what this man looks yeah, like. It's like a bootleg version. Literally a bootleg version. <laughs> and we're crying. So we hit the X on him and then we click, click, click a few more people, look up and who comes walking right by us? The, the D-list version of my ex. It was 
We go, Paula literally points her finger at him and says, that's him, we just saw him. No, it was crazy. I just saw him is what you said. And then he comes and proceeds to sit two tables down from us, orders himself, it gets better and better. Rose. Orders rose. And he's smoking his jewel. His jewel and puts black earbud headphones in with a cord and attaches it to his, not even iPhone, it was definitely like an Android. Yeah. Sorry, Android users. But the blessing of that story was thank God, the kid next to us hears us like cackling and he's That's like, right. he's like, ladies, what is happening over there? And I'm like, uh -huh. oh What Lord. dating app are you on? He asked. And so this guy was able to basically get Mo onto Raya, he got which me is Raya. far more premium than Hinge. Hinge. So the pearl and the oyster is cackle loud and the world will help you out. <laughs> exactly. So we're, we're still out there looking for a man for Mo, but uh, you know, we'll figure it out. Keep tapping people. Just keep <laughs> tapping. Follow Worlds Your Oyster. I'm right here for you. Ooh, la la. And on that note, let's get to the episode, girl. Bye. An angel with the biggest heart and fierce talent has entered the Oyster stage. Actor, singer, and professional dancer Candace Maxwell has designed a career that is award-winning and inspiring to young women today. First a dancer, she highlighted the performances of Beyonce and Diddy on tour. She even graced the Broadway stage in Holler If You Hear Me. The world couldn't get enough of her, so the only way to give us more was to make waves on the big screen in roles such as Cassandra Haynes in Power, Ellie in Tyler Perry's Medea Homecoming, and my personal favorite, DJ Dime, in the BET series All the Queen's Men. Candace holds true to her Caribbean heritage, warmly opening her heart to her art, and more importantly, to those she loves and her philanthropic endeavors to always serve where she can. The journey of talented artists is one that comes with many stories of tripping over some cobblestone streets in stilettos, of course. And today, Candace most graciously shares her journey with us. Welcome to the show, my lady. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you both for having me. Our pleasure. God, we're so excited. I feel like I'm like sitting next to a star. We are sitting next to a star. <laughs> and this is so full circle because- You were just on my TV this morning. <laughs> That's crazy. It's still crazy to me. I'm like, how? Oh, good. You worked your butt off. That's exactly. how. <laughs> exactly. There is no really, we're not, we're not concerned nor confused by your stardom, my girl. No, not at all. we are not. <laughs> so it's a fun full circle moment because the three of us um, have all worked together many years ago mm -hmm. on that NBA stage. And we kind of are excited to like bring it back. So I'd like to start with a little history. We know that you were born in Connecticut and raised in Queens. Holla, because I'm a Queens girl myself and then moved to Atlanta. So what are those fondest memories for you as a child and kind of those highlighted moments of transitioning from like Queensdom to Atlanta Dom and give us like a little tidbit. I can say growing up in Queens is like really cool. It's just like a cultural hub, I'll say, like especially in, it's like known as one of the most diverse boroughs. So um, I feel like growing up, I had access to a lot of things. I got to like experience a lot of different culture through food, through music. And then I was dancing really young. Like I started dancing at the YMCA of all places. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's where I started like ballet class and gymnastics. So like Queens I has like a fond memory, like my mom, like, and I even kind of started acting in a way really young. I would do commercials. Like my mom would take me to auditions in the city. So like really fond memories, honestly, was like finishing school, having my mom pick me up, getting on the subway, 
traveling to the city to do auditions as a kid. That's cool. Yeah. How did mom have the like insight to send you to these things? Did mom want to be an actress or? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's so mom, interesting. Yeah. Mom did not want to be an actress. We had a family friend in the neighborhood who is a family friend to this day, um, but she's she was a talent agent. So she used to work in voiceover and commercial. She started her own agency and actually approached my mom with the option like, hey, I'd love to submit Candace for jobs. She's charismatic. She's pretty. Like, why don't you give it a shot? And my mom was like, okay, I'll see if she likes it. And I did like it. But I was shy and like terrible, like really bad at auditions for like years, like going on auditions and booking nothing. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, uh <laughs> Yeah, I ended up not going down that route because of, that was definitely one of the harder parts. Okay, so then we transitioned. So we're taking ballet and you're like, I love this and mom's taking you in and we're doing the acting. And then what was next? So not booking jobs was like a thing that I, I got to experience really young. I got to experience rejection really young. And it was actually a good thing because it kind of taught me like, oh, this just comes with a job. So I, I, I learned to not take things so personally at a really young age, which is kind of a, a weird thing to to understand. But that's something that stuck with me for a long time. Um, so that kind of happened. But then from there, I started booking little jobs and I was like, this is great. I was like, mom, I was like, this is what I want to do. I was like, I want to be a Disney Channel kid. Wow. And then we moved to Atlanta. So wow. the, yeah, so my, my, my parents went through a divorce and that was like a big shift in my life. Um, as I think for most children who go through like a, a you know, parents going through a divorce have a huge shift. But then when I moved to Atlanta, it was it was really nice. Like I moved to the suburbs and it was quiet and I went to performing arts high school and that changed everything for me again because then I was in a, like a hyper competitive environment with super talented kids, whether it was dance, whether it was singing, whether it was acting, they were like the best in the state. And I was there like in a pressure cooker in high school. So I loved it. And I feel like I just, my childhood was immersed with, with art in that way. Very That's lucky. Very, yeah. very fortunate. Yeah. So when you were in high school, well now you bring it to like that college moment. So we're in your grad, starting to approach graduation. For you, what are those dreams? Like, what is that site? You're like, okay, great. I'm loving what I'm doing here. How did they prepare you for the next steps? Or did you really just jump off a cliff and, and start auditioning and decide to move? What was the next journey? You know, they really did prepare us at our school. They prepared us to get into colleges, like performing arts colleges. So they took time. Yeah, conservatory. That was like their main focus. And at the time, I was dance 100%. I actually got into the school as an acting major, but the teacher, I didn't connect with the teacher. And even at that young age, high school, I was kind of the person who stuck to my guns and did what I wanted to do always. What a gift. I don't know. So I was like, oh, I'm going to drop out of this class because I don't like this teacher. I don't like what I'm learning. I don't feel seen. I don't feel heard. And I felt safer in the dance program. So I decided to switch my major to dance sophomore year and that was it. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to be the best. I was like, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to be the best. Mm -hmm. Like that's just kind of how I operate. So it's like, I want to be the best at what I do. Um, and I just kind of put my all into that. But when college time came around, you know, I got into these great schools. Mm. So you did apply for the conservatory. I did apply. Mm -hmm. I got into great schools as a dancer. And, and I think now looking back on it, it's all a good thing. But my mom was like, 
school for dance. No, I don't want you to take out loans to do that. That doesn't make sense. And I didn't understand her at the time. I was really upset that she like wouldn't allow me to go. I didn't have like a full ride or anything like that. About like half tuition covered. I got some scholarships, but my mom's mine. My mom is like a serious old school Jamaican woman. So to her, Mm. she's like full ride, full ride or no. And I was like, oh, and in the state of Georgia, basically, if you have a certain GPA, you can go to school for free. Oh. And like, exactly. So my mom was like, you're going to go to college for free and you're not going to spend money. You're you're going to go to school here. But they didn't have dance. So I went to school, Georgia State, which is great college. I was studying communications, but I was miserable. Right. Got it. I hated it. Because I had just come from school where, like, I'm surrounded by people twirling and singing right. and dancing all day. And now I'm in a classroom With doing like Greek math. life, probably. Yeah, like Greek sorority life. And- I was like, what is this? Yeah. And then every, I was like, this is not for me. I was like, I have to. These are not my people. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't fit in. Like I, I, like, I didn't even go to, like, a football game in high school. I'm mm-hmm. sure the boys liked you, though. <laughs> you know, I think they did. They yeah, did. they did. <laughs> But I was, I was like, so not interested. That didn't happen to me later on in life. I was like, I'm not, (sighs) my parents, they just raised a very success driven person at the time. I don't know what was in me, but I was like, nope, I want to be great at what I do. I want to be great at what I do. I want to be great at what I do. So I I felt like I I wanted to just just like drop all distractions. Right. You had like visors on. You were like completely focused on your career and what you wanted to get out of it. And I mean- Amazing. I wish that I I lived my life that way as a, I mean, I would be going very far, which you have. Okay. So now we're hating our academic career and (laughs) where do we go from there? So did you move to New York immediately after that? Did you finish? What did we do? We didn't finish. I dropped out. Good for you. It's the college dropout. So we dropped out and now we're now achieving our performance goals. Yes. So I was in Atlanta. I found a community of dancers who were working. Like, so whether they were doing like music videos or like little local working with local artists, I met an agent there and connected with him. And it's so funny because this was the first time that I dealt with hearing like body backlash in the industry. So this was the first time like 18 year old me goes to his office with my mom. I'm like, I want to be a dancer. I have visions for my career. He's like, not so fast, honey. We're going to have to shave a few pounds off. Exactly what he said right there in front of my mother. Like no, no qualms. And I was just like, no problem, sir. I was like, I will be, I said, you'll see me back in here once it's gone. And I, 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 I didn't cry. That's what I'm saying. I don't wow. know. I was like, okay, got it. And then I like wow. went into crazy mode, was like, I'm going to lose weight. And I did. And he signed me. So then I started doing work that way. And I booked my first movie as a dancer. And that was Big Mama's Like Father, Like Son. So Martin Lawrence's franchise um, was the first movie I booked as a dancer. So it was set in a performing arts high school. And I was like, I know this. I was I'm, like, I can do this. Right. Sorry. So it wasn't even acting. It no. was just like, yeah. Living a part of your story. Yeah. So that's how that kind of started for me. And then from there, I was like, I need more. Atlanta's not enough. I'm going to go to New York. Because I was like, I'm from New York. My grandma's there. There's so many opportunities in New York City. So mm-hmm. let me head there. And then I landed here. Mm-hmm. And then New York was an amazing chapter because very specific things came into my life 
very quickly and changed it. And one of those things is how we all know each other. Yeah. Right. So yeah. That's the Nick City dance. <laughs> was that your first Was that your year? first job? That was my first job. In oh, New there we go. Good for you. But you were also definitely very tied to like BDC and Rhapsody. Like yeah. you were. So I was tied. You did that before the Knicks. I, I was think. tied to Rhapsody right. because mm-hmm. when I had come to New York, I had auditioned for her program. So Rhapsody is this choreographer who's wonderful. And she um, she had this mentorship program that I auditioned for. It's not easy to get into for the world. No, to know this. and this Rhapsody, is, Rhapsody is a legend. <laughs> good, good luck trying to get that choreo if you're somebody like me. <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> but I got into the program. <laughs> what is it called? Motivating, was motivating, motivating Excellence. excellence. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I got in. That was how I auditioned. That's how I moved to New York. I was like, Mom, I got into this program. I was like, can you please help me pay for it? Like, this is my dream. She's like, okay, girl, whatever. Like, she's just like used to me and my antics. She's like, okay, of course, you know. Yeah. Right. Um, so I did her program. And then while doing her program is when the next audition was going so what was your experience quickly on the Knicks? I think it's since we have a connection. Tell us a bit, a bit about that. The honest truth is when I first started auditioning for the Knicks, I didn't think I was going to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Because Same. there's so many yeah. amazing women from all over the world who want to dance for this iconic team. Not just the team. Madison Square Garden is this iconic Arena. The Mecca. Arena. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like that's it holds a special it has a weight to it. I go in, I have the time of my life. I'm like, I'm dancing. It puts me back in that space of like, I like friendly competition, like not in a nasty way, but I like being like, go out there and show me what you're made of. I Mm -hmm. love that. Like, I think that's fun. (laughs) Like, that's the fun part of this. So that's what you get to do when you're auditioning for the Knicks. And then as the pool got um, smaller and smaller, I was like, oh, wait, I really want to do this. Okay. That's how it always rolls I out. I think that everyone has this, like, very similar experience. Because you walk in and there's, like, 700 women there. Mm-hmm. Tr- like, truly. Truly 700. And you're like, okay, this is never going to happen. And then you go through two weeks of auditions. And now you're like, I got to get on this team. I don't even care if I don't like the choreography. Because I, I remember when I was auditioning, I was like, I do not like this choreography. It is not sitting well with me. <laughs> it is not working. It is not hitting this, like, we're not hitting the steps, but, like, we're going to fake it till we make it. And, uh, but I had to have it. I had to have that job. Like, there was no way that I was leaving. But I think that that's everyone's, like, experience is it's, like, this thing where you think you want it and then you get there. And there's something about MSG. Like, there is definitely an energy, even when you're out there dancing. I mean, there's, there is truly nothing like it. And I say it to this day, like, nothing in the world can scare you after you've danced at Madison Square Garden. There is literally nothing that can like even shake me. Like you could put me in front of Jeff Bezos and I will sell him whatever I am selling at that moment and it will not scare me. I believe you 100%. I don't know if it transitions over to acting, but like, do you get nervous when you're doing your- Do I get nervous? I mean, yes, of course. I will say that like, Dancing is a little different. Like MSG, I mean, remember, you're in the middle. Yeah. You're dancing in the middle. There's people all around you. So that part is like very intimidating. You're like, oh, I'm, I have to dance with my back. Yes. Like my back has to dance. Yes. Like Mm -hmm. not just the front. Like this is not a stage. I have to be alive everywhere. Front, back, side, side. Like you're just, it's a full view. That's why we do the booty pops. Exactly. That's that's why, that's a big part of the choreo is those booty pops. I know. (laughs) I miss those. But it was just honestly so much fun. A lot. The training was intense. And I think that being my first job, it taught me a lot. But it also made me 
again, one of those things where I was like, well, I'm going to stand up for myself and this doesn't feel right. So I was on the team for a year and I continued to to not push forward because it felt like it didn't align with my goals. Like at Mm -hmm. the time and no bashing because again, I think that I learned wonderful lessons on this mm-hmm. team mm-hmm. and I made, and I made great friends. I, I, I have, um, I feel like lifelong connections to people, even if we weren't on the same the team at the same time, yep. mm-hmm. the friendship, like we know we've all been through very similar things. So the love for me, for every member of KCD is there like yeah. always and forever. Um, but yeah, I learned quickly how to advocate for myself and say, no, and I don't want that. And I want something different. So again, it brings me back to like that individuality that my parents kind of drilled into me. It was like, no, you, you choose yourself and you stand up for yourself. And if it's not aligning with what you want, you walk away. Right. And that's what I did. (laughs) And isn't it interesting at 18 when, um, you know, a random agent said to you, you need to do X, Y, Z to get booked. And you were like, I'll be right back. Just give me some time. But when you heard it, when you were a fully fledged human at 22 or however, however old you were, you were like, nah, I'm not going to put up with that. Isn't that interesting? The way that you kind of took things different as you were, you knew more about yourself. Like you knew that being something that somebody is saying that you needed to be or doing something that didn't feel organic to you, you didn't have to do it if you didn't want to do it. When at 18, I think you're a little bit more keen to please. Oh, absolutely. And, And when you feel like that's your only option, you're like, I will do whatever it takes. Um, but it is, it's so funny how your skew, your your point of view can be so, I guess, innocent at 18. And now, you know, innocent. You're like, okay, yeah. And whatever you need me to do. Yeah. And then you get a little older, you're like, mm, no. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, did you see me just murder that class at, at BDC last week? Like, I don't need you to tell me that I'm not doing the ha, ha. Right, that I'm not hitting it hard enough and that I need to yeah. I need to not have like a wrinkle on my side when I bend to the side. So those, <laughs> those comments, you I need understand. to stay on those marks. No, I, I get it. Alter it the is. movement just to stay in but the mark. To be, to be fair, to be fair, I understand the language at the time because of the where we were in the world and like yes. the messages that were that were being broadcast to women as a society, just how to uphold yourself, how to look like that. That's just like. That's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. So it was so up to standard. you were standard. able to keep that into perspective at the time? Yeah, as much as I was like, this sucks. Got but it. I also realized too, like, we all have different body types. Right. And I was like, I I can't look the way you want me to. I, right. I, I right. mean, unless I go under the knife, there's really nothing I can do to change what my body type is. So mm-hmm. once I got over that, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll just go somewhere else where my body type is accepted because it doesn't work here. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I had a, a very similar experience uh, again, a different, a completely different type of body. I think it, I, you definitely handled it a whole lot better than I did. I definitely internalized all of that and like tried everything that I could I won't even talk about like the diets and the laxatives and all of the things, but it's incredible that you kind of took that and you really understood where they were coming from. And now we get to see that ass on TV. So so we know that it's a beautiful ass. Thank you. (laughs) You have evolved beyond that. So now we leave Madison Square Garden and we move to the Broadway stage. Was Broadway always a goal for you? I forgot about this. 
that was, I grew up thinking that I was going to be a Broadway star. I literally sat in the Rose of Fosse in tears with my mother being like, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the power of theater. Like, mm-hmm. it's so, like, captivating. I'm it like, is. wow. I'm like, you are up there, like, singing and acting and doing the show live. And I'm like, how are you so amazing? So I knew that that was something that I wanted to conquer, something I wanted to experience. Because um, if I could give chills to people the way that I've experienced them watching a show. Like you said, you're like crying. You're having this emotional experience and you're like, what is happening? You know, it's outer body. So I knew I wanted to experience that. But the funny part about that was I was dancing for Iggy Azalea at the time. Oh. So I was dancing for Iggy Azalea. I was living in LA. We were preparing to go on her world tour. Okay. So rehearsals were about to start. The Holler If You Hear Me came up because I had auditioned for them when they were just doing a workshop and I didn't get the job. I was was like, I didn't get this one. This sucks. And I really wanted to do it because it was Tupac's musical. Like I'm not like, I'm not, I don't have like a a traditional Broadway voice. Like I'm, I'm not Leah Michelle here. Like who we all, I mean, gosh. Mm -hmm. I'm not Barbra Streisand. We love Funny Girl. I love like a traditional Broadway show. But I specifically gravitated towards that because it was Tupac. And I was like, oh, he's so cool. He's like such a cool, like hardcore rapper. He's got this cool vibe. I was like, I love that. Like, and I was really loved a hip hop dance. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. Didn't get the job. They called me back. They called my agents and they were like, hey, we want Candace to audition for The Swing. The Mm. Swing is the person who has to know everybody's role in the show. Mm -hmm. Um, So I came back to New York. I did the audition and they were like, hey, um, we're going to hold her again. And I was supposed to start rehearsals in LA for Iggy. And I took a huge risk because I wanted to be on Broadway so bad. I turned down the tour. I said, well, you're going to have to replace me. And I didn't have the job yet. So I was, I took a risk and I stayed for the callback, the second, second callback. They had the panel of judges. We had like the director, the producers, the whole team. And they made each of us do the combination and then freestyle. And I like freestyled for my life. I looked each one of them in the eye and I was like, this is my job. job. Who in your life have guided you and that will always be a part of your heart and that may still be in your life as well? I just think I've, I've lucked out with good teachers And there's just so many good teachers. Karen Chamberlain, who taught me how to act at the Maggie Flanagan studio. She changed my life for sure. I think about my middle school, my elementary school teachers who were like just always poured into me as an artist. I pray for a mentor, like a a female mentor who's in this business, who like is older and understands everything and how it works and can really hold my hand. I pray for that. I haven't experienced that yet. Most of the mentorship in my life have come from men, believe it or not. That's interesting. Um, Yeah. I have good relationships with men. I'm like one of those people who like, I get along pretty well with them. And I think I I set like really respectful respectful boundaries and they always kind of like in their way take me under their wing uh john earl jelks i'll say your name you're like a dear friend to me um but you know i told him back when i was in holler i was hired as a dancer i was like i really want to be an actress and he was like you can do it he had no doubt in his mind and i was like i was like how do i do this and he's like no you can do it i think with women it's like we're afraid to ask because i i too like i've been i stopped dancing 10 years ago i've been in my professional career for 10 years and i have had zero mentorship from anyone and i think it's because i'm just afraid to reach out and ask 
And that's, and I'm sure that that's just kind of the situation. And there's not going to be many women that are going to see a young, beautiful actress and they're going to say, hey, you know what? Yeah. Are you looking for some mentorship? You know, it's just, we're all, you know, at some point, I think we are all thought to be in competition with one another. And that's just certainly not the case. And I think that the narrative is changing a lot. There's room and space for everybody at the top. There is plenty of jobs. There's there's plenty of energy out there for us. And I think that that's all it is. It's it's not a matter of like, you know, we'll keep praying for it, but just ask. Thank you. I mean, I will say there have been two, like Eva Marcel, who's on, we'll get to her later, who's on the yeah. show with me as uh-huh. the lead. She's been really lovely to me and has just like welcomed me and shared things with me. And it's just like, a lovely, generous, talented person. And you look at her and I'm like, she's going to be a diva. So down to earth. So cool. So, so cool. I've been following her journey since, uh, since the top America's next top top model. model. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's a cool gal, man. Gorgeous. I love her. We now transitioned because you did a sick, a sick job (laughs) at at Broadway, but (laughs) Iggy Azalea. Now we, we canceled that, but you also then continued back to dance behind amazing artists. So do we go from Broadway directly to screen or did you go back to dancing on tours? No, Broadway after Broadway. Oh my gosh. Broadway was a crazy because then like after that it was like everything crumbled. It was like I was like the show closed. I went through a breakup. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm done with everything. You know, it was like a weird time. And I started, I booked a job. Thank God I booked everything like for me, I'm like, everything comes right in time. I booked a job um dancing for August Alcina. <laughs> um, okay, is. good. Um well <laughs> what's the song? Uh-huh. Okay, um, do you guys know um, that entanglement between Wade, Jada and Will? I don't want to bring this oh, up. Oh, yeah. You guys, you guys cut it out. So he is who she was having the entanglement, entanglement with. with. Oh, the young boy. The yes. young buck. The young buck. It's fine. What he's a, an artist? He, he's a musical artist. Okay, got he it. Was, he was, this was when he was like really at the height of his career. Um, but we opened for Usher. So we got to go on the Usher. We That's got to go right. on Usher's tour. So I was opening for Usher. I mean, we were at MSG. We were, we were all over the U.S. Um, cool. So that was really, really cool. That was just a fun experience. It was me and one other dancer. And time of our life. And then every night after performing, getting to just watch Usher and yeah. his dancers rip the stage oh, the best for free like I was like this is my job yeah like I get paid to be here still one of my favorite artists I just I can't so so then I got to experience tour in that way um and then that was when I realized I was like okay I think I'm done with doing the tour life and it's I, rough. and I wanted something new and then I was like, I really want to be an actress. How do I do this? Do I go to, I, you know, and then I dropped out of school. So I was like, ooh, do I go to Yale? Can I go to Juilliard? Can I go to one of these like great art schools? I was like, the dream that I always had is to go to a cool art school. Like, this is the time. Um, First of all, I love you for, for being, what now, how, how old are you at this time? Like 20 something? 25. 25. I'm going to go, go to, to Yale. Yale. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? Yeah, my girl. I just love, That's like, right. Wait, she's like, what? What is so crazy about that? Like, yeah. I would be like, oh my god, I gotta sell real estate. Like, I'm not. Screw this. I can't go back to school. I'm gonna just like, I gotta find a way to make it quick. What Paul is trying to say is, you believe in yourself. You believe in yourself, which and is that, incredible. Exactly. Like a little too much, guys. What are you out of your <laughs> no, mind? There's That's no. Not, that doesn't is, even exist. There's no such thing. There's no such like, thing. Like I, I love yourself. that. So what'd you do? I went to Maggie Flanagan. So not Yale. It's two years. <laughs> <two> year. <laughs> she believed it, but she went to acting school with it. I did. No, I went to, so 
a two-year program, a conservatory here in the city that a friend recommended. Um, I met this girl. She went to NYU. She's an NYU grad. She's like a wonderful actress, this girl that I looked up to so much. And she's like, go to Maggie. She's like, you'll get great training. You'll learn so you'll learn like the bedrock of acting and you'll really understand you'll have a craft you'll have a toolbox to work from the same way like you study classical ballet or you study you know modern dance was kind of you can take a an on-camera acting class or you can take a class where it's like really specific and slowed down and I knew I wanted a strong foundation so I stopped dancing I became a trainer at Tracy Anderson. Oh my God, I forgot about this too. And forward space, because I came and took your class. Yeah, so talk about- I just found a photo of us actually. I would post (laughs) it. Oh my God, I remember remember that. But talk about, you you know, believing in yourself. I told my mom, I was like, hey, I'm going to go to this school that I paid for myself out of pocket. I don't have a very privileged background, but I was like, I'm going to pay for this. I don't know how, but I'm going to figure it out. And I was working as a nanny and then I was working at Tracy and I was in school. So I was a shell of myself for two years. There was no dating. There was no partying. There was no hanging out. It was like focus for two years. Yeah. Dedication. It was amazing though. It changed my life. I met the teachers changed my life. They changed my point of view about acting, what it is. And I'm so thankful that I have that. And I want more, I want more education because I don't think I got it all, but, oh, but no, I don't have it all. No, <laughs> but I think it's great that you did it at a point of your life again, when you were like a fully fledged human, you knew what you want and you paid for it. So ultimately like there was no skip in class and there was no like not becoming an actress after this, because this, you know, was yeah. your, as Paul likes to say, you cut your teeth. You cut your teeth, girl. I did. Yeah. I sure. <laughs> this was no express route to success at yeah. all. No. So after acting school. Then That's what, two years? A two-year two year program? program. Do you audition through this process? No, you were no, in it. No, there's no time between, no. Like every, like even it had to hit up my dance agents. Like, hey guys, I love you. I'm taking a two-year pause. Wow. That's what I'm saying. Like I was, I went to like, I was like a broke broke girl like it was like not not in a glamorous way but I like really made huge sacrifices to go to the school um and I and I think because of that I put my all into it like I I don't know how everybody else felt about it but I was like oh it was like all or nothing for me yeah um that's just how I kind of approached it but I always say too and I, I used to say this when I was a dancer like I don't know. I always had, you know, my parents helped me when I was younger. Like I never had to struggle. And I always felt that that held me back when I was a dancer because I never had to struggle. And I'm like, I watch these people taking class and they are coming from a completely different place than where I'm coming from. They are dancing from their gut, their soul, because they have to perform in this class because they need to book that job. Like, it would have been fine if I booked it or if I didn't book it. Like I was going to go home and teach at my parents' dance schools anyway and make my little paycheck and call it what it is. And like, you know, you just said like you were a broke girl. Like you needed that as an artist to to be able to experience coming. It's like this guttural place. I don't really know how to describe it, but I would see it so clearly in the dance school. It's like this grit. And I, I never had that grit. I did get that grit once you I got moved. that grit later on. No, later on, later on when my yeah. parents were like, okay, you're if you're going to stop dancing, then like, you know, you got you got to figure it out. You got to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not going to come home and, and, and work for the dance schools, then like, you know, we're, we're done. Yeah. Which is great. I'm so happy that they did. And then I finally got that grit, you know, but you need that, 
You need that's that grit. what you pulled from. Yeah. And and my mom is a she's like all about grit. Like she's again, she's definitely the to me the definition of like a self-made woman. Okay. I don't have a mentor, but I actually really look up to my mom. I think she's kind of cool. So I graduate in June 2018. We finished. I remember our last conversation with Charlie Sandlin at the Maggie Flanagan studio. Thank you, Charlie and Karen Chamberlain. Changed my life. So June 2018, October. So I'm auditioning all this all summer. I'm auditioning. I get the power audition for Cassandra Haynes. I read the character description. I'm like... I am not going to get this. The sexy um, politician wife and she works in the boardroom and um, there was nudity included. And for me, who's had so many body ups and downs and securities and insecurities in my life, I was like, just finished acting school. I was really confident. And I was like, oh, I can, I was like, I can do this. I was like, police, nudity, whatever. I was like, I am a free vessel. I was like, I am an artiste. Who cares? I can do this. (laughs) I am an artiste. I'm an artiste. Artiste. I can do this. (laughs) So I do end up booking the job. Ha ha ha. Ha, ha, Yeah, she booked the job. job. So mom, my sweet Christian mother was like, you go for it, girl. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Was what was the nudity? Was it like a full frontal? Was it like a sex scene that I watched today? I was <laughs> naked, like yeah, naked, was. fully Ooh, naked. Yeah. What's that like? Yeah. Wait, uh, we need to. I need to know. Like, I, I always wonder with the with the naked scenes. Well, was it a na- regular naked or a sex scene? That sex scene was visceral because I'm having sex and having a conversation with the person at the same time while they're on the phone. So there's a lot of things going on. And 50 Cent oh. was my director. Oh, Whoa. no. <laughs> oh, my God. No, no, no. Okay, Was wait, he, so, like, cut so, sexier? Like, what so is this direction? So you're naked. You're having a weird sex situation while you're trying to tell a story. Someone's on the phone and 50 Cent is there. He's, a, he's our director. But he was actually the nicest man ever. 50 walks right over. Candace. And I'm like, oh, and waves, how cool. I'm like, you know my name? I was like, hi. And he was so sweet. He was like, this is your scene. He was like, you you kill it. You got this. Like, he was like hyping me up. Like, he was, he was like, we loved your tape. I was like, you loved my tape? Like, thank you. So he was so nice. Was the tape cool. of you doing this scene <laughs> alone with the- <laughs> do you Do you want to know what the tape was? Yeah. So, so yes. I- <laughs> So I go into the casting office. The casting director is this woman. I forgot her name. Lovely woman. And her assistant, he turns on the camera. She's who I'm reading to. So she's the the actor who I'm simulating sex with. And they're like, okay, go. And I'm standing there and I'm like, um, this is weird. I'm like, can I use that chair? She's like, go for it. So I grab the chair. I put it right there in front of the camera. And I proceed to talk to her and dry hump the chair and pretend I'm having sex. I mean, that's what we did a lot as dancers, though. So, I mean, you had plenty of... So much practice. Yeah. I mean, I've I've humped many things as a dancer. (laughs) Exactly. So what do we do next after power? Then we go into Medea's, right? No. no? Then Then I did a string of, like recurrings on shows. So I did a Katie Keene, which was really cool. That was the Riverdale spinoff. Mm-hmm. And we got to do a musical number. So I got to sing and dance. Oh, fun. Yes. And I played, it was we'll my, f- my first time playing a, a a lesbian. So I had to kiss a girl. You are a risque actress, honey. <laughs> like you are doing a, the most. All Who knew? Of the experiences. This like, uh, she's like such a good girl. Meanwhile, she gets on camera and she's like, <laughs> 
I think about it, I'm like, my poor mother. I'm like, oh she my She loves it. But she does. She's so supportive. Because she knows, like, she knows who I am. And then she's like, look at you, just acting. I'm like, I know, mom. See? Yeah. Yeah. So right. it's cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually kind of love it. I actually love that, like, I'm like this. And then I, I always hope I can play characters who are just, like, wild. wild. Yeah. 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 It brings me a lot of joy, actually. It's kind of actually not. So we moved on. I love that you did power. That has liberated you. And you now take this energy and start cycling through your next big screen was the next thing that I booked was all the Queens men. Yes. And that was, that actually happened in the pandemic. Ta-da. So I was living in Atlanta. I was back at home because pandemic was crazy time. I went home to live, did the tape. Um, Nope. Was living in Atlanta pandemic finally moved to LA because I knew that like, I was like, okay, I want to act like for real. Like I'm going to give this my all. So let me go to LA. Let me go to the Mecca had a roommate. I remember getting the audition, doing the self-tape. I don't know what it is. I always go, oh, I'm not going to book this one. <laughs> it's always the one I'm like, I'm not going to book this one that I do book. I did the, the audition for it and got the call. Do you so think I it's had... because you're so comfortable maybe in that audition that you don't feel like you had the struggle that you think like, oh, that was like, you know, what makes you think you didn't book it? I've always I, wondered that. I watched the tape and I'm like, I'm like that was not good. Thing. I'm like, that's not, okay. that's not it. You know, but they like, thought it was good enough. Yeah, <laughs> like they, they liked it. So, so I'm like, booked. okay. So I booked the job and then boom, I'm back on a flight from LA to Atlanta on Tyler Perry's private, he, he caters like a private jet for us because it was a pandemic. This was like, this was like, this was like November, December, 2020. Give a little synopsis of the show. Just so all the Queens men is about um, Marilyn, Madame DeVille. And Marilyn Madame DeVille is a boss woman who runs an underground world, you'd say. So she runs a a world of, you know, drugs, corruption, et cetera, et cetera. But all of that, the front of that, the business that she actually has is this male strip club. So basically, we are all Madam's, um, all of the Queen's men. We, we do everything for her. We do everything for this business, for the community, and for the club. And that's it's set around Club Eden. And, yeah. you, and you're the DJ. I'm the and her DJ assistant, of the right? club. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. yes. So I'm her prodigy. Like, I'm learning from her how to run the business. And I'm also the DJ of the club. So I'm the hype woman. Mm-hmm. I keep the guys in check. Mm-hmm. I keep the music flowing. And I also run the business side of the club. So that part's fun. I love this character, so by the way. It's you. like just the coolest character. Like, I, I kind of want to be her a little bit. She's like, empowering. She's cool. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah. And she's like getting up on the DJ booth, dancing. It's it's cool. Mm-hmm. And are you guys still filming? And this is for you. What has this experience been like? <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> Every season is different. Like, I mean, I remember when we originally started the show, it was just, it was eight episodes. It was a half hour show. And then Tyler saw what we did with it because he wasn't originally attached to it. He was a producer. He saw what we did and he like loved it and came back in and like revamped it. So he took it from like a half hour show to an hour show, 10 episodes, bumped it up. We had to go back in and film and then it came out. People liked it and then they gave us more money and more budget and more and more. So I think each season it's getting better and it's a show. It's cool to be a part of something that develops as it grows. Do we have any good stories about being on this compound with all of these amazing, gorgeous human beings? Yeah, I mean, we were so busy because, okay, the way we film at TPS is a block shooting. 
And the first the first time we were filming, it was a madhouse. Like, we're having fun, but it's a madhouse. You're getting new scripts every day. Things are changing. Like, you're kind of stressed. But I will say the bubble was so much fun because, like, Tyler had, like, when we would rap, Tyler would have, like, an alcohol truck for us. He would have food trucks for us. We celebrated Easter there. Mm-hmm. We had, it was like, it felt like I, the honest truth is I didn't go to, I didn't go to college, as you guys know. It felt like I, I was attending an HBCU. It was Aww. really cool. Oh, that's fun. That's like, we cool. would, like, dance on the lawn. Like, and believe it or not, the guys were, the, these are, like, hot, sexy, male, exotic dancers. And you think they're just, like, like oozing with sexuality all the time. They took their job so seriously. Everybody was like focused. They were like, we want to kill this. Like we became, we were like a family. We have like our own little family dynamic. And the guys are like my big brother. Like they love, like I'm candy to them. I'm candy. It's like, they, they like treat me so well. They weren't trying to mess it up and like mess up the vibe with like a weird sexual thing. Yeah. No, they know. Not when they're a TPS either. Like, I mean, once you're in, in with Tyler Perry, you want to stay in with Tyler Tyler Perry. Mm -hmm. You don't want to, uh, you don't want to, you don't want to mess mess that up. No, (laughs) you want to keep riding on the private jets. Definitely. And learning from this man. I'm like, yeah, uh, right. So have you gotten to work closely with Tyler? Yes, when I was filming Medea, mm. I got to film. So so when we're filming All the Queen's Men, it's a madhouse. Like it is a madhouse. It's like so fast. It's It, it just, it zooms by. But Medea was like, I don't know. I got to take that in, in a different way. Because it's his iconic character. It's the character that put him on the map. Mm-hmm. So get to get to play his granddaughter, which was really cool and do these intimate scenes with him like I remember the first day we filmed a scene in um Medea's bedroom with my sister and it was just the three of us and I'm like I it was like a pinch me moment because I'm there acting and I'm like looking at at Medea slash Tyler and I'm like he's and he's directing and then in his granny outfit yes (laughs) and I was like and then and then like he would like go and play another character and another. So that was so, so, so cool. He like trusts his instincts. And I think that's really cool. Like you do the take maybe once or twice. And I'm like, okay, if you did your work and you prepared and you come in, that's your take. Like I like how, I like that he moves fast and efficiently. So then All the Queen's Men was the through line to booking. To booking Medea. And do we get a second season of All the Queen's Men? Yes. Season one and season two two is out right now. And there will be more to come. Oh, Yay. good. That's what I will just say. Yeah, there'll be more. What is the life right now for you of an actress? Like, are we, when we're in a show, are we worried about what's coming next? Or are we just kind of living fully in the moment and then worrying about what comes next when, once we're done? I think for me, I don't want to say worry, but I do think about what's next. Like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, will I book another show? Like, what's going to happen? How do I continue to build my career? Like, what do I need to do? Those things happen, but it's like you never want to get too comfortable because it's one of those things where you just don't know. (laughs) I think that's that's where I'm at right now is like dealing with the uncertainty of the ups and downs and just like the auditioning. Like, my life is still heavy with auditions, but I remember I could say two years ago, I wasn't getting the great auditions and the opportunities that I'm getting now. So it's a, it's a blessing, you know, like it's, 
I could only dream to be able to to audition for this movie or this role or to get these opportunities that right. I've, I've worked so hard to get. So I'm happy, but I do, sometimes I do worry, but I'm trying to like remove that from my life and just enjoy because I do, at this point, I do feel like this is who I am and a part of my journey and that it's always going to work out. So what are we planning for next? Are we, I know obviously we have other seasons of all the Queen's Men that we can't talk about, but I know you said, you mentioned maybe wanting, wanting to uh, go back to school or, you know, acting school, obviously, not to, not to Harvard or, <laughs> or I maybe. Mean, I mean, sometimes I'm like, am I a business mogul underneath all of this? Like, I just feel like there's so many things to uncover. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm open. I mean, I did kind of move back to New York. Like, I'm not meeting any men in Atlanta. Are they here in New York City? <laughs> we come to New York for love. Is there anybody out there? Hello. So, like, love, obviously. Who doesn't want love? I think that's a wonderful part of life. I'm, I'm like, I'm like some loving, some some romance. So, do we have? Are we romancing with somebody? Like, yeah, tell us. No, no. There's I mean, like kind of. Good, oh. So, did you come here for the open market? <laughs> I well, I, I honestly came here for myself. I just needed something different. Like right, I felt okay. like I know Atlanta. It's super comfortable for me there. I needed a challenge as far as like acting. So, mm-hmm. I mean, even I'm taking a class right now at Maggie with my teacher Charlie, and he's like, "Go to grad school." And of course, I'm like, "Of course, you say go to grad school," because he's like so academic and right. so mm-hmm. smart about it. And I'm like, "But I also want to work." So I'm really in an open place. So I'm dating. So if you know of any cuties, let me know. Wow. I'm pretty open. <laughs> we'll obviously be putting her Instagram in the profile so you could just slide into those DMs in the show notes. <laughs> yes, people. I recently saw you posted a photo from a commercial shoot or something when you, and you were like sitting in the director's chair and it was like the cutest thing ever. So like, what would you tell that girl and all of the rest of the young kids that are wanting to even just be that girl? Honestly, simple, like it's corny, believe in yourself and have fun. Life is like too short to not have fun. And I thought those are the pillars that I run on. Believe in, believe in yourself, be kind, have fun. That's it. Wow. Perfect. Simple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be kind like I like think about it like we're we're here today because you have always been kind to me you've always been kind to me Gen- we've made a genuine connection yeah. and you'd be surprised at how being kind to someone those connections come back later on in life so many times in working in this field as an artist people come back again and again and again and again and I believe I get some of the jobs and opportunities I get because I make it an effort to meet the people I'm working with, know their name, say Mm -hmm. hi to them. I'm having a shit day, but I'm like, hi, how are you? You know, taking people in and, and, and creating just a genuine like human connection with people. Cause we all have lives. We're all busy. That part having fun. I can't stress that enough. Oh, woe is me. Have fun. I love fun. I think it's so important. I prioritize fun. What's your fun thing? I mean, Dance, I dance, dance I, every day. getting dressed up, putting on makeup, just like silly stuff, cooking, yeah. getting your nails done, hanging out with people who make you laugh. Right. Like those simple, simple things just make you a better person. Did you find that now you're back in New York? Did you need to refine your people or, or are your people still here? My people have shifted. Okay. So my best friend and my sister are no longer here in New York. So it's it's been taking me a minute to get adjusted. Right. But 
the more I look around, I'm like, oh, I have community here. Like this is where I built most of my career career, and I have great friends here. So once I opened my eyes and dropped my guard, I was like, oh, I know so many great people here. And I've yeah. been able to like um, dig deeper into relationships that I've wanted to. And like, I have a friend who she's kind of the reason why I moved back. She helped me get this place and we've been hanging out and just doing stuff every day. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is like really refreshing. So I think this is like my like sex in the city chapter. Like I'm like, yes. Oh, this is my sex in the city chapter. Like I, I, was, I was like, this is it. This is happening. She's in her Carrie That's Bradshaw perfect. era. <laughs> and even living in the Upper East Side. Uh-huh. Oh, we got it. That's yeah. exciting. Well, call us for a night out of dancing for sure. Please okay. Masha hit, I went dancing with Masha the other night. So the well, next time Masha wants to go yes. dancing, I'll call both call of us. you. Yes. We're there for it. I would Done. love that. Mm-hmm. So my lady, I also have another question that I wanted to bring in. So I read that you are working philanthropically and you have some causes that you feel very strongly about. So I think it's important for you to share that with our listeners. The biggest one I'd say is just underprivileged youth. Mm-hmm. People who don't have access to, I know the art, the arts changed my life. Right. It was a, something that I could focus on, that I could love, that gave me direction. And I feel like, especially in these schools in the inner city, kids are just like, the education system is trash and they just need something to believe in or something to 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 draw their attention in so anything where I can work with underprivileged youth is a joy to me and just help inspire them to find what it is that they love and focus on that I think having a focus in your life brings you um it just brings you clarity it brings you joy it brings you purpose so I think that's important like I have a friend who works in tech and he works with kids and I'm like you're like helping them find their little their little science voice like that's so sweet you know um that and then I was working with Applejack's Ranch Mm -hmm. and um they help women young girls who've been sex trafficked Mm -hmm. which is like a big thing especially in Atlanta it's kind of crazy it's like the number one um like city in America that that has that going on so that statistic I didn't know yeah Atlanta's like big on that we have like the international airport so it's like a big thing but um Mm -hmm. it's crazy like some of the things that are going on I know like um who was at Ryan Reynolds and um his wife they do a lot of work with that and I was like oh that's really inspiring that they have such a platform and that they actually like go out and do the work and raise the money and I'm like oh my gosh I look up to you guys how do I do that Well, they're raising, you know, a brood of children. So I'm sure once they bought children into the world, they really realize that they need to find a way to give back. To protect them. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. Yeah. That you're doing that. Absolutely. (laughs) You shine your light everywhere you go. And we couldn't be more grateful to have you here and shining it with us and our audience. And thank you so much. This has been fabulous. But now we love to end our show with some rapid fire. Rapid fire. Here we go. What are three things you think about every single day? My mom, uh, pizza. <laughs> okay. Well, how do you take your, your pizza? pizza? <laughs> oh, I like it. Um, I like it extra crispy, hmm. light cheese, um, lots of sauce. Okay. Like what kind of? Oh, like the red sauce. I love red. Like I like it saucy. I like oh. a, I like Joe's. Joe's is one of my favorites. It's right down the block. I love Joe's. Oh, maybe maybe I'll go get some you Joe's go. after this. Yeah. So my mom, pizza. And <laughs> being winning, being a movie star. It's yes. so fun. It's so glamorous. Perfect. Like, who doesn't Absolutely. want to be a movie star? Perfect. Taylor. Perfect. A hundred percent. If you had a warning label, what would yours be? Saucy when hungry. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's one thing you would never do again? 
stay in a hostel. Oh, oh that's a no. Disgusting. Yeah, no, no, that's a no. I'm and like, did you ever see the movie? No, yeah. I don't need, no. That movie is scary. I'm sorry, like four or five star hotels only. Yeah. Yes, only. Right? Only. only. Yeah. No more hostels <laughs> for me. And Ooh. do you eat oysters? I do. How do you take your oyster? With a little bit of Tabasco. Okay. Mm. <laughs> yep. I Tabasco. love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us. It's been so nice <laughs> to see you. And I am so excited to share your story with the world. And everybody, mm. please tune in to All the Queen's Men and watch this incredible star. You could also see her in Medea Homecoming. And you could catch her on Instagram. At Candace Maxwell. Brilliant. Amazing. And, and remember what we said. Hit her up in the DM. She'd be looking for a date. Mm-hmm. And we and, need content. And we need content. So, fellas, get to it. And on that note, see ya. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening to World's Your Oyster. If you love what you're listening to, be sure to like, rate, and review this episode wherever you listen to your podcast. And follow us on Instagram at World's Your Oyster. And share this episode with a friend. We'd really appreciate it. Bye-bye.